We were learning the Kazari yesterday. He speaks about the fact that Nebuah was only in Eretz Yisrael. He adds another factor also that it was only given in Eretz Yisrael to people who were in Eretz Yisrael or about Eretz Yisrael. We have to understand why the fact that Nebuah is about Eretz Yisrael would be a reason to get Nebuah. What we understand was from Mepharshim, not just the Kazari, but others as well. And that is the reason why Nebuah was restricted to Eretz Yisrael is because it goes together with the place where there's Lashos HaShchina. When the Shechina is visible, so at the same time the Vua is accessible. When there's no Shechina, there's no Nebuah. And therefore, when there was a Hiskalos HaShchina in the Midbar, and Amukash over there, and there was a place of Nebuah. Once the Shechina came to Israel, as long as the Beis Nish was standing for sure, the Shechina didn't leave. So if somebody individually left Israel, so he wasn't in a place where Nebuah was. And then if we saw afterwards, when the time of the Churban, the time of the Golos, when the Yidna went to Babel and the Shekhinah went with them to Babel, so then there was a Shaykhus for, for those people who had already gotten the Vuh beforehand in Eretz Yisrael to continue getting the Vuh in Babel. However, since there wasn't a, the revelation of the Shekhinah anymore, after Churban by Rishon, there was no longer a revelation of the Shekhinah. We know it's there. We know it's in every Jewish home. We know it's in every minion. We know it's by the coastal. We don't see it. So the fact that we don't see it, the same thing, we can't hear it. And therefore we can't we don't hear Nebuah anymore. This is another point that I want to just point out at this point before we go to the next idea in the, in the Kazari. And that is, if you look at Sefer Eicha, which we're going to, I mean, hopefully not, if it will be Tisha, we'll read it on Tisha But If you look at Sefer Eicha, it ends on a very low note. The end point of Eicha, the end part of Eicha is, Ki ma'ais ma'astano, katsafta le'la admo'at, Hashem, you've utterly rejected us. You've been angry with us at void until without limit. And that's where Eicha ends. Chazal later on didn't want to end on a bad note, so they managed to repeat the apostle, bring us back. But as far as Yemiyah and Novi is concerned, Eicha ends with a, with a finality. You've completely rejected us. Now, what is the difference between the perspective of Chazal later on we want to end Eicha on a positive, so to speak, feeling. Hashem bring us back to Yirmiyahu, who sees the end of Eicha as being tragic. And the answer is like this. They were looking from different perspectives. But to explain this, let me explain just quickly another Gemara in Yuma, which I didn't see recently. And that is, the Gemara says at the, at the beginning of the sixth parak, the Anshek Nesas HaGadayla were called Anshek Nesas HaGadayla because they returned the crown to its place. Tehzira Atar Yashna. Why? Because when Moshe Rabbeinu praises Hashem, he refers to Hashem as Akel, Hagadol, Hagibor, Vainayra. And he comes along Yimriyahu, a Navi, and he sees the Chorban, and he says, If Nachrim, Makarakrim, Baycholai, then Ayin, Naira, Oisaf. If that's the case, he says, Hashem, Akel, Hagadol, Hagibor. He doesn't say Anaira. And coming along the Hashem, 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 in Goros, it's still it's still some revelation of Nairus. So they they came they brought back the Nusach and the Shmonesre of Akela God Lagiba Vanaira. So what is the difference? In Bamaisha Ben they had the Nusach. When Yirmiya also the Khurban, so he addresses Hashem as just Akela God Lagibar, he leaves out Naira. But later on you see in the Davening that Khazar brought it back. Right. And they said, because even Yirmiya said, Aikhanaira Isaf but Chazal said, no, we can still see the, we're still in the fact that Klai survive even though we're 
isolated even though we exiled. So the obvious question is, what did Chazal see that Yirmiyah and Novi didn't see? In both of these questions. What is the difference between Yirmiyah's perspective and the perspective of Chazal? And there's an important point to understand here. And that is, they were looking from different angles. No one was right and no one was wrong. They were looking from different perspectives. And each one from their perspective, what they saw was true. Right? So let's explain. Chazal were looking from the perspective of where they saw Klai Yisrael. That they saw Klai Yisrael and Godus, and they saw Klai Yisrael surviving Godus. And they said, you see, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is still looking after us. It might be uh, behind the scenes. It might be that uh, we don't cl- clearly see miracles anymore. But nevertheless, we see Jewish survival. And if we see Jewish survival, then we know that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is watching us. And we may we can say no. That even though it's, uh, even though it's not clearly and obviously apparent, but we see it's there, which is, as everybody knows, the whole thing which was about Purim. The whole progression of events which led to the Purim miracle wasn't something which was dramatically miraculous, but nevertheless, you saw Kaddish Baruch was looking after Kaddish Israel. So from the perspective of Chazal, they were right. From the perspective of Chazal, they were right. And from the perspective of Chazal, therefore, the Atzim Hashem is still with us. So we're not going to finish off Mois Ma'astanu. We're not going to end up saying, Hashem, you've utterly rejected us. You're still here. We want to come back again. We want to get closer. But the Lema'ezah, Hashem is still here. And Hashem is still watching us. And then the Kaddish still exists. And therefore we can say that it's maybe it's shifted to a different mode of interaction, if you want to call it that. Or shifted to a different way Kaddish Baruch leads the world. But we still see that. So from Chazal's perspective, they were right. But you have to understand Yirmiyo from his perspective. Yirmiyo was a Novi. And he was looking at the Chobram from the eyes of a Novi. And from a Navi, he was somebody who had, who had related to Hashem directly. A Navi was someone who had seen the Shechina, who had heard Hashem speak. And from Yermiyahu's perspective, the Churban by Yishon was the end. That was the end of Nebuah. There were no Nebim after that. That was the end of the Shechina. It never came back. Until Yermazeh hasn't come back. We hope in the time of Mashiach it will. But until such time, the, the revelation of Shechina that wasn't by Yishon never happened again. The spirit of Nebuah which there wasn't by Yishon never happened again. And therefore, what Yirmiyahu calls Noira, the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's, so to speak, presence was so awe-inspiring, it was felt, that he said, it's gone. You don't feel that anymore. Let's have a look at it. And now we go to the question that we might be moved, we might be inspired. But look what the Basin English used to do. We say it in Tehillim, we say it in the Shem of Monday, and we're talking about foreign kings, Gentiles, and it says about them that they used to come from over the sea, they used to come visit Yerushalayim. They heard about this, the capital of the Jewish kingdom, Yerushalayim, they came to visit. And what does it say? Hey, Moro, they saw. Came to Mo, they were surprised. Nivholu, they were terrified. Nechbazu, they were trembling. Re'oda achazasam sham. They were shaking by shaking. Chil kayeleda, like a woman is giving birth. What happened? They saw the Besam Mikdash. And it wasn't just that they were impressed. It wasn't just that they were inspired. They were terrorized. They were terrified from it. Again, What happened? They were being punished. They weren't being punished. No one was out to get them. They saw the base of Migdash, and this was the effect the base of Migdash has. And if you see that the Nabi talking to you, this is what the base of Migdash does. Then you understand what Jeremiah said. When there was a base of Migdash, there was Noira. People felt awe-inspired. People felt awestruck when they saw the Beis HaMikdash. The Shekhinah was there and it had an effect on people. 
And we know this from the Haggadah. The same point. When we say about Mitzrayim, it says that Hashem took us out of Mitzrayim, Yen Chazaka, Vizir Natuya, Uvamayra Gadol. Uvamayra Gadol, with great fear. And on that the Haggadah says, Uvamayra Gadol, Zu Gidu Yishchina. Whenever the Shechina is there, people fear it. It's something which is so powerful that people, in, when they're in contact with something that great, they feel the fear. They feel the uh, awestruck. Even people are not spiritually Even people who are not spiritually sensitive. Even the Mitzrayim and Mitzrayim, and even the foreign visitors who came to see the Beis HaMikdash. That's the effect of the Shechina. And that's when Yermiel said, Naira, he meant Naira. Because anybody who comes into contact with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who feels the Shechina, is overcome by trembling. And now Yermiel sees the Khurban. And he sees what used to be the case when foreign visitors came to Shalim and they were reduced to fear. And now there are these, these Babylonian Babylonian soldiers trampling the Chatzah and nothing happens to them. So we understand Yermiel's cry. What happened to the Naira? The Shechina is gone. The Shechina is gone. And therefore they can trample the Besamish with impunity. They don't feel anything. There's no Shechina anymore. We understand Yermiel very well. And when he says, the Shechina went, the blow went with it. So Yermiel is a novice Hashem, you've end, that's the end. Ma'astanu, there's no more, there's no more nevuah. He was right, there wasn't. And it hasn't come back since. Chazal didn't see that. Chazal, the were coming and saying, we see Noah in a different way. No, we don't see the tramping. We don't see the fear. We don't see the effect of the Shekhena. But we see it must be there from the fact that Klaus will survive. That's also true. But it's a completely different thing that Yemiah was talking about. And that's the same Yisrael. Nevuah goes to Shekhena. When there was Shechina, there was a possibility of Nevim. When the Shechina left, by the time, or just before the first Chorban, so then there were no new Nevim after that. There wasn't that revelation, there wasn't that, that so to speak, connection which the Navi needed in order to hear Hashem speak. That's also why we know that the Makkum the, the of the Nevim was always from the, from the base of Mikdash. Like the first success. When I had to the Chashan, the Dibad Chamarak Aparis, the Mishnah Akrubi. Hashem will come down between the Kriven of the Aaron Kodesh, and that's where he'll speak from. Where the Shekhinah is, that's where you hear Hashem speaking. And therefore we lost both at the same time. Right. So that's why there had to be Nebuah when there was Shekhinah. That's why when there's no Shekhinah, there's no Nebuah. That's why there's no new Nebuah today. We don't have that same level of, so to speak, connection to our Kodesh Baruch Hu. We can't sense His presence the same way, and also we can't hear Him speak the same way. That's uh, just to finish what we said before. Now, what the Chacham is going to talk about next is he's going to go to other people in Tanakh who had Nevoah and, and try and explain this, he said. Had that Nevoah when what the king asked, the Lechari went in Eretz Israel. So first he starts from the beginning, he starts with Adam And this is very interesting. He starts with Adam and he says, uh, we know Adam was a Navi. Hashem speaks to him. Originally Hashem speaks to him and instructs him not to eat from the tree. And after Hashem speaks to him and uh, gives him Musa, why did he eat from the tree? And Hashem punishes him. So how did Adam Rishon get Nebuah? Now, the MS is it's an interesting question. It's an interesting question because Adam's Nebuah was in Ganadin. So even if Ganadin is not Eretz Israel, but we understand it's the place where the Shechina was. It's definitely the time of Adam Rishon. So it shouldn't be a question of Ikhla. When they ask the question, they normally ask and later people. But if Adam got Nebuah in Ganadin, we don't really have kashas on that. But nevertheless, the, the Chacham decided he has to answer this as well. And he says an interesting thing. He says, Avul Adam, he hoisad Mosai. The place Adam lived in was Eretz Yisrael. Or Baumais, that's where he died. Kashe Kibamu. How do we know he died there? Kibamu Ara Arba Zogos. In Amaris Nachpeda, there are four couples. That's why it's called Kiris Arba, the four couples there. And the first of the couples to be buried in Amaris Nachpeda was Adam and Chava. Adam and Chava buried in Amaris Nachpeda. 
Now we don't assume that they were they were dragged from the other side of the world to be brought to Hebron. If they were buried in Hebron, says the Kazari, then for instance, that they lived in the area that was that, that they were buried locally. Right. And just like Avram Mustar, Yisak Rif, Yaakov Aliyah, they all lived in Hebron. Over here, Eretz Anikris Ifnei Hashem. When the Torah talks about in front of Hashem, the what's a, what place in the world is called Ifnei Hashem? Eretz Yisrael. It's the place which is so to speak Hashem deals with directly. So it's called Ifnei Hashem. And then, like the Pasuk says, Hanem Aliyah, Tamid Einei Hashem Alekechobah. So to speak, Hashem's eyes are always focused on Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, other versions of Eretz Yisrael. So we don't have questions how Adam can get in the book because Adam was in Eretz Yisrael. So like I said, we don't have any objection to that. Um, it's just it's an interesting point to think about because the, when other Mauritians started up in Gan Eden, and we know from the Pasuk that when he left Gan Eden, he went east. Like it says in the Torah. So if Eretz Israel is on the east of Gan Eden, right, it must be we don't know where Gan Eden is. Because you know, even though we, know, we, we didn't know either way around where Gan Eden was, but people always imagined Gan Eden to be somewhere in the east. But if Eretz Israel is east of that, so it must be Gan somewhere in the west, where we don't know. But because uh, that's the way Adam went to when he left Gan Eden. Agav, the various attempts to find Gan Eden haven't gone anywhere. No, it doesn't mean that Gan Eden was in the east. Gonna, yes, it says that Gan was in the east, and then when he left Gan Eden, he went east from there. Uh-huh. So where, how did he get to Eretz It's a long way around. <laughs> it could be. So like I said, in Gan Eden, we don't have a question. Shekhinah the Shekhinah was there too. The, the Hashem was with him in Gan Eden. There wasn't a kasha. So where do we find Hashem? Oh, so that's the question. The question is, what's the, where, where do you have a question on Adam from? Where do we see afterwards that Hashem spoke to him again? Or the time that Hashem spoke to him was only either to give him the instruction or afterwards to punish him. We don't find in the Torah other, other references to Hashem speaking to Adam, which is what I said before. That's a bit of a question why you have to come to Adam. We don't really have a question on him. Unless we understand that Adam was in the devil to be a Navi even afterwards. And if that's the case, um, it must have been he was in Eretz Yisrael. And now we're going to write it. And it's what about Kain and Hevel? V'aleo naf la'kina v'achim d'ben Hevel v'kain. V'tchila. K'sheratsu l'das e'zimem haratsi liya s'makam Adam u'skulasi v'libay. L'inchal sa'aretz al'idag v'inyan al'aliki. Right? He says the argument in Kain and Hevel, when Chazal seemed to say that the argument was that Kain said the world belongs to me. And because uh, I own the land and have the onion and the sheep, so uh, kind of get off the land, right? Which there's a chazal like that. The chazal is explaining that they weren't arguing about the whole planet Earth. Uh, kind of links with Hevel to like fly. What he's saying is Eretz Yisrael belongs to me. The land we own belongs to me. Go go somewhere else. The fight wasn't about land, the whole world. The fight was about Eretz Yisrael. Automation of that they both wanted, they both understood the, the mind of Eretz Yisrael, and therefore the fight between Chai and Hevel was about specifically Eretz Yisrael. What he, it's interesting how he describes it over here. He says, the makam which Adam was, skulase v'liboy. It's the most musugal, worthy land, and it's a lave. It's the sense of all the other countries. That's what they wanted. Via zulasai, any other place connected to the could be kuklipo. It's like the shell when you compare to the fruit. So everywhere else in the world is like second best option. The ikka place is Israel. How would they get there? How would they, I mean, get they origin no. The, originally there was a machlekes between them who's going to be Yerushal or Marishan. So Kain as a bechara said, "I want Eretz Yisrael," and held in the Greek. The kabbalas was another was another cause for fighting. There wasn't the uh, that doesn't start from there. What happened? 
What happened is, as we know, Hill got killed. And Kain was, was punished. And what was the punishment of Kain? The Apostolic says, Right after Hashem spoke to him and Hashem punished him, he said, You're going to be a novel night by It says, Kain went out from the front of Hashem. Which, in Alpi Pshat, what does it mean? The other way around, Hashem left Kain. But the fever he had, like, was always expanded, it makes a lot of sense. Lifna Hashem means Eretz Israel. That's the place in front of Hashem. So it means Kain left Lifna Hashem. Kain was kicked out of Eretz Israel. Shiyatza, right. Shiyatza Megurash Me'aretz Azais. Shibahaya. He was driven out of the land where he started off. But he had no other And he had to, he was wandering the rest of the world. But he was kicked out of Eretz Israel. Right. And the same thing by Yaina. Mechaina by Yaina by Yaakov Yaina. Livrach Tashisha. Milifna Hashem. Yana, he didn't want to do his Nevoah, became his Nevoah and go to Nineveh, so it says he went to run away to Tarshish in front, from in front of Hashem. So, like Chazal says, where was he running? Where is he, where is he running in front of Hashem? Because I explained the same thing over here. Lifne Hashem is Eretz Israel. He was running away from Eretz Israel. He ran away from the place of Nevoah. And what happened? Hashem brought him back to Israel again. And this is an interesting point we haven't seen any other reference to except the Kuzari. We know what happened is that the owner ran away from Israel. Hashem made the, sh- uh, the tremendous storm at the sea. The owner was thrown overboard. He was swallowed by a fish. In the fish, the owner decides to trivia. He dumps Hashem to save him. And the apostle says Hashem spoke to the fish and he spat the owner out into the land. Which land? Where did the owner land up? Doesn't say. Says the Kuzari, he came back to Israel. Why? Because Hashem gave him the verse a second time. Go to Nineveh. But uh, he brought him back to Israel so he could get back to so he could give him the Nineveh again. Which is a chiddush. I haven't seen this anywhere else, but I mean, no, no questions on it. This is an interesting point. But the idea of the fish was to bring him back to Israel again. He could. Yeah, right. That's why it doesn't have to be like that. Because on God Nineveh originally could get Nineveh somewhere else. But that's what he says that. It's an interesting thing. That the, the idea of the fish was to bring him back to Israel so he could give him the Nineveh to Israel. Why can't he get Nineveh after the Nineveh? That's what I'm saying. It's a chiddush. You're right. We said it before the rule is the person who was in love already, he could get Nevoah and Chosler also. And the best right for this is Yoyna himself. Yoyna goes to Nineveh. Yoyna gives him the vote to Nineveh. And there's a long discussion with Hashem. In Nineveh, about the Kikoyin. You're happy about the Kikoyin. You're not happy about the Kikoyin. You want to die. He doesn't want to die. He was talking to Hashem. Wait, in Nineveh. So you see, Yoyna himself, he got Nevoah out of Eretz Israel. So the Chari, the fish could have spat him out anyway and he got Nevoah. As I said, it's a chiddush of the Kazari that he brought him back to Eretz Israel to get Nevoah there. Okay, so what do we see tonight? We spoke of the first point about how Nevoah and Shechina are connected. Why? We spoke about the Churban. Why? As the, from Yirmiyah's perspective as a Nabi, the Churban was something which is uh, final. We ne- whether Hashem and Sheikh will come, things will change. But in the meantime, we, nothing, nothing's changed. We never got back to Nevoah, we never got back to Nevoah either. And then we spoke about, spoke about uh, the first three of the examples that Kazari brings of Adam, Cain, and Yonah, this idea that they were living Lifnei Hashem is they living in Eretz Yisrael. That's a place which is in front of Hashem. And when they lost that, for whatever reason, or they were kicked out of that, so they, they left the place which is Lifnei Hashem. What's the life of the That's a side point. We don't know where Ganadin is. We don't know where Ganadin is. Even if we take the Torah's markers of us where it should be, we still don't know where it is. And uh, the reason for that is that we know that a third of the world was flooded with Zman Anish. And the world moved around in the time of the Dara Falaga, the time of the dispersion. 
So we can't really work with the clues of the Torah because we don't know where we're starting with. For example, for example, the Torah tells us about the four rivers left and Aden. So follow the rivers to their sources and see where they end up. But the problem is they don't. Because out of the four rivers, there's two which is a sophic. There's two which is for sure. The one is the Nahal, the price is uh, the Nile River. Chazal identifies like that. Rashi identifies it like that. Okay. Fishan, sorry, the Fishan is the Nile River. Chazal, Rashi identifies the Fishan as the Nile. We know where the Nile starts. The Nile, you can follow it to its source. It starts in the highlands of Ethiopia. The other river we know for sure is the Press. The Press is the Euphrates. The Press starts in the north of Syria. Right? We know where they start. So where did they meet up? How did they both come from Ganadin? So Chazal said two things on this. Number one, it could be Badara Palaga, things moved around. Just like the planet split, and uh, the land mass split into different planets, so we may, it could be the water course moved around as well. Who said that the water course split The land mass split. Right. The land mass split in the time of the Palaga. It's Mufersh. Yeah. It says, if it's in Hashem, the Hashem will move the arts apart as well. They wouldn't come back together again. So of course it would affect the waters. So that was the first. The other thing is what the Gemara says in the Dharam is it was called Soma Depress, which means the waters fly underground. And therefore, even though where we see the water source is only where it breaks from the surface. But we don't know underground where it starts, where it starts from. So and that's okay. So the other option is it could be these rivers are flowing underground and we don't know where their source is. Okay, that's what we don't know back in Eden. But uh, either way around, we have the idea, at least from here, that it's as the show as Mikhail and Megan Eden. Because if, 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 what the Kazari says, that when when the Rishon was traced out of Gan Eden and he went east, he ended up near the show. So where it comes from, we don't know. Why does Hashem wonder to understand all these things?